Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? Well, we've got an interview with a longtime friend of the show, a longtime partner, Phil Wilhelm, and today we're going to talk about transitioning from an individual contributor to a manager. And I think we've all experienced this. It can be incredibly challenging. Uh, Phil's uniquely qualified here. He's provided mentor sessions for hundreds of sales managers over his time in uh, in leadership in the technology space. So, Phil, thanks very much for joining us today. Hey, hey, guys. Well, thanks for having me back on again. I think this is well, this is my third time to indeed be on the sales show. Very cool. I, I do appreciate y'all having me back to talk about what I believe is a super critical time frame. Uh, more specifically, you know, those first 30 days in the role of, of a you know tech sales manager, the first time people do that, can, they can just feel like um, a lot is coming at them. Um, the, the game, to use a sports analogy, probably feel like the game has not yet slowed down for them. And so um, I'd love to talk through some of the things that I um, that I talked with different first-time sales managers about, and um, we'll make our way through it. Yeah, this probably, it's got to be, Bobby, our most requested one-on-one. -on -one. We have folks that are in inside sales. They're in their first um, tech sales job, second tech sales job. Maybe they're a veteran that have been doing this for 10 or 15 years, and they're looking to get into first-line leadership, and it's such an adjustment. Um the, the interview process is unique. They're so used to winning these jobs as becoming the next account manager for a company so-and-so. But from interview to your first 30 days on the job to continuing to be successful in the job, it's such a different um, motion uh, than what they're typically used to. So uh, I'm really looking forward to the, the conversation today. Yeah, more often than not, I think what we hear is the person got promoted. Like, yeah, they, yeah, a lot of people want our help with the interview process, but I got promoted. And this is an industry-wide problem. There's about a 1,000 articles on it, but I was the best rep on my team, and now I'm the new sales manager on my team. And I think that's happened to me. I know it's happened to you, Brian. We've all managed the team we used to work on. And I think Phil brings a ton of experience and guidance to those that are listening. And, you know, to build on that, another thing that, that I heard quite often um, during the interview process for, you know, a first time sales manager, though, those top performing reps, they would usually say something like this, um, during the interview. Well, you know, Phil, I, I haven't officially managed people, but everyone on my team looks up to me or they, they might say things like, you know, well, I haven't officially been a manager before, but I, I do lead the trainings for the other reps on my team. So, I mean, I, look, I don't want to diminish the role of, of someone uh, that's looked up to on their team or, uh, you know, I don't, certainly don't want to diminish the role of, of somebody that was going out of their way to lead trainings for the other reps on their team. Um, but I do believe that there's a significant difference between doing those things that I just mentioned in a, a more unofficial capacity. Um, but then on the other hand, being the sales manager, right, being the person that is endorsed by the company, that is endorsed by uh, human resources um, to be officially responsible for those sales reps and to be officially responsible for the success of the team, there, there is a big difference. 
And um, yeah, Bobby, have you since that as well? And you know, over the years, I I have, and and I I did happen to me when I was at Microsoft, and even the job pre pre Microsoft, I worked on that team. I got promoted. We've we've talked about on this show quite a bit that everyone recognizes you in a completely different light, even though you may still feel like you're part of the team, even though you may feel like the team wants to follow you. Um, I jokingly have said it that my boss told me they'll know if you're chewing gum or not chewing gum and some are going to like it and some aren't going to like that you're chewing gum and you're going to have to learn to deal with that because you are in that different, completely different mindset. But let's talk about why we're doing this podcast. So Phil has also become a sales coach at Tech Sales Lab and he is helping all tech sellers become better tech sellers and has written a course on how to go from an IC individual contributor to manager and what you should do those first 30 days. If you want to check that out, uh, Phil is giving 50% off to Tech Sales Show listeners. If you use offer code Phil, that's P-H-I-L, and uh, hopefully you get something out of that course. And continue to check out Phil and the Pigeon TV folks. It's pigeon.tv, that's P-I-J-N.tv. <clears throat> They've got weekly training out there too, so you can learn about um, the new and latest vendors, what their offers are out there. They've got a weekly drawing for it as well. So check them out also at pigeon.tv. Right on. I, I appreciate the plug on that. And guys, I'm, I'm number one, I've been having a lot of fun working with you um, recently to build out uh, more of the, the master's courses for Tech Sales Lab. It's been a lot of fun, so thank you for that. And for this course in particular that you mentioned, you know, the, the first time sales managers and, and essentially how, you know, through my experience and some of my expertise, how I could help people gain some early momentum uh, in those first 30 days of being a first time sales manager. I just, it is an industry wide problem. I just think that it's a critically important time for a lot of people just as, as individuals. So I'm happy to help with it. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a unique thing. Like this is not a, I think, a manager, let's say in an accounting firm or a marketing team, not that that's an easier transition by any means, but I think the the becoming a first-time sales manager is such a unique job because you kind of have two 100% accountabilities. If you think about it, you've got 100% accountability to deliver revenue for the business, or let's say if you're in inside sales, deliver 100% you know activity levels to the business, and you also have 100% accountability to build and develop a team. So it is it is such a unique transition, and it's why so many people fail at at making the leap to it because it's not just um, it's not you can't become a super salesperson and then kind of take over helping your team close business. Uh, that, I think that's kind of sometimes the natural instinct for someone that that steps into this role for the first time. And if I if I may, I want to share a story that that's on point with what you just mentioned, Brian. Now. Um, you know, I, I've changed the the name of the person, right, to, to protect the innocent. But I, I think it's uh, a great way to illustrate what, you know, I, I saw this somewhat firsthand, but I guarantee you that the story that I'm about to relate, this has happened all over the country in, in all different, um, you know, subsectors of, of tech sales. So here's, here's my story. Um, we're going to call this person Ben, okay? Now, I was peers with Ben as a tech seller, this was years ago. Um, ben is an awesome person. Um, he he was, and, and I would say still is, a, a really great tech seller. You know, he, ben, has, ben has industry knowledge. He has developed his technical acumen. He's a real people person. 
And like I mentioned a few minutes ago, he he was one of the the people that would step up and volunteered his time to lead different trainings for for us whenever we were peers as as sales reps on on that team. So I I, I would say that Ben, like he ultimately wanted to be a sales manager, and, and the reason he wanted to be a sales manager, and we had we had talked about this actually, he just thought that as you know he got older, that the career path expectation was that he should have just a, a somewhat fancier title with more official responsibility. Now, I, I do believe that in terms of career path, that uh, I think Ben was a little misguided on, on this. For Just to be clear, for all of the tech sellers out there that are listening to this right now, it is not just okay, but it is awesome if a tech seller will you know, remain as an individual contributor for their entire career. The money in this industry is so staggering as an individual contributor that you can more than provide for your you know, family and, and friends or whatever your situation is just as an individual contributor. But for whatever reason, like that, that was Ben's outlook that, that he needed a more, I don't know, uh, just a, a fancier title is, is how I usually refer to it. Sure. So, um, so with Ben, you know, there were some turnover issues at the manager level for his sales team. And then finally, Ben, he got tapped to be the next uh, district manager. So this was his first time being a, a tech sales manager. He was totally stoked. You know, uh, on day one, I still remember this. It, was, it wasn't even 8 o'clock. It was almost 7.59 a.m. On day one, he updated his LinkedIn profile. Um, he, got some new, he got some new threads, right? He got some new clothes. He got a new haircut, um, you know, trying to look a little bit more uh, mature and professional. I totally get it. But then he immediately went out and started scheduling various I don't know, like strategic partners and different business units for the, the company we were with, started scheduling those folks for account mapping sessions with his reps. Um, I, I remember he also scheduled some, some meetings with his uh, boss's boss at, at the company about, you know, strategic vision and, and different things like that, right? Um, and then he also scheduled some, some of his meetings with his previous customers, the ones that he personally managed, right, to tell them about the, his promotion and, and his backfill. So, at first glance, right, if somebody were to just be a sort of a fly on the wall observing how Ben was spending his time over that first kind of two-week period of, of stepping into a sales manager role, they they might think that he's doing a lot of things. He has a lot of activity going, but is it productive? And, and was it the right mindset that he had going into it? And um, was his time allocation the right one? So... Bobby, I'll, I'll ask you a question, and this might be a leading question, but what do you think happened to Ben over that first 30 days of his new role? Well, I I can remember what happened to Bobby in his, I, I can't change the name, but it, what happened to me, and it was uh, work overload. I took on way more than I could handle, and my team stopped following, well, they never really started following me, uh, so I didn't have control of the team I was supposed to be managing. I didn't really have control of the business. And while I meant and had all the best of intentions, I was already 30 days behind in a job that I didn't have really any time to fall behind in. Totally. And, and Brian, any, anything to, to add to that? Your, your wheels are probably turning here. Sure. I mean, I, I think the biggest glaring thing is he has changed a lot. He's met with partners. He has changed a lot of his personal stuff. He's talking about all his personal brand, but this job is so focused around your people and your the team that works for you and developing those people, and like we talked about, there's 100% accountability to both. You have to develop those people, and you have to uh, you have to grow the business too. 
Totally. And so was ben, uh, was ben successful? Did he did he make it? Did he turn it around? Uh, he he did not turn it around. So the answer to my my question is, um, he ultimately he he lost the the buy-in from his team very early on. I mean, within the first 30 days, and I don't think he ever really recovered from it. Um, so it was about nine months that he lasted in that sales manager role, uh, really struggled through it. Um, and then he was moved back in, into a sales rep position. And then it was about a year, maybe a year and a half after that, that he, he was, you know, went on to a, to a different job at a, at a different company. So I, it might not have been Ben, but I can name five or six people I've seen it exactly the same way happened to. I, I know it all too well. Totally. And, and I mean, then the, the question I think is what, could or should Ben have done differently? And uh, just back to the the reference you made to the master's course for for Tech Sales Lab, I, I spend the time in, in that three part course, but I break all of that down um, in, in that in that curriculum. And you know, I really break it down into into three parts. I think it's first and foremost, it is your mental state. Um, second, it is how you connect with others. Brian, you mentioned that it is such a being a tech sales manager, it is so much more about the people than, than it is perhaps about the underlying technologies that you're you're trying to sell. And so, number one, it is your mental state going into it. Um, number two, it's how you connect with others early on. Um, and then finally, it's it's how you spend your time uh, more specifically, like how how you can use your calendar as a, a tool um, to to help you gain some early momentum. So. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I got to talk to number two because it's really sounds like a little bit like what Ben did and what I've seen happen way too often. And it's as a manager, it, your role is not super sales rep. I, I can't tell you how many times I see people just be super sales reps. They go on multiple meetings. They get way involved in deals deep. But as a manager, anywhere I've ever worked and anywhere that I've ever had people that work for me as managers, my job, the role I want them to fill is people manager coach, leader, not sales rep anymore. Of course, there's a sales aspect to it, but man, you got to connect with people and you got to coach them. Uh, if you don't, you, you really are just a super rep and it's not going to work. Yeah, I, I agree, man. The, the super rep scenario never ends well. That they, they might experience some short-term results, you know, performing against their quota, but you know, you look out 12 months and, and beyond and that scenario will not work the sales manager has to get scaled to, to their efforts and and learn how to influence the others around him or her appropriately you know i would also say just in in terms of you know challenges across the industry um you know the the directors out there and even at the vp level they're they're not innocent right in, in this whole equation because look all of those folks at that level of their career they have big jobs as well and if somebody didn't give them um, the, the right level of care and attention when they were a, a first-time manager. It just may not be instinctive for, for a director or a VP you know, that a, a first-time sales manager is reporting into. It just may not be their first instinct to do a, uh, a sort of a paint-by-numbers approach for the first 30 or, or 60 days for a first-time manager. Well, and that's so true, too, where – most companies drive that new manager, especially if they were like Ben and there was some turnover prior to him. He might have been like the last good choice to fill the spot, so they promoted him anyway. And like he might not have been really the greatest option, but he was the option. So they need him to keep selling and they need him to try to coach. And they just ask way too much of it. In my last role at Dell EMC, I literally had 
a manager four levels, three levels above me, they would call me and ask me where my deal was at. And I was like, can you possibly, is this possibly the most important thing for you to be doing right now? They're the best thing you could be doing to lead a, you know, probably $4 billion division of Dell calling me and asking me if I'm going to get my deal signed today. That's how far up that, that bad, bad management, bad mantra, bad, whatever you want to call it can transcend in big organizations. And I, I think people get lured into that, right? Because you could have, it, we've seen it time and again to where a first time manager does become the super rep. And let's say that it does work out for them for 12 months or 18 months. And it's exhausting. We've seen the outcome of that, but let's say that they are successful for that for 12 to 18 months. We have this slippery, slippery ladder, which is sales management. And they get promoted up to the next job because a director role or a VP role were opened up. And Bobby, that's, it, it, it feels like that happens all the time to where you have somebody that kind of gets promoted up and up and up and their mental state never has to change. They never have to, they, they kind of just continue on this, this path of, of being that super rep, you know, trying to have heavy control in the deals and then just cracking the whip time and time again. And either they're going to be exhausted and leave the industry or they're going to fail because they never get their mental state right. Totally. I, I would say it um, uh, a bit different is that the foundation was never laid for, for that person. The foundation for how to how to influence properly and, and how to invest your time properly whenever it's people management versus uh, individual contributor. And, and, um, you know, I, I think that it, it starts with, you know, your, your mental state and in, in the, the master's course on, on tech sales lab, uh, this is how I break it down. Like the, the first module around mental state, I, the way I think about it, if you're not right with yourself, you're going to present, um, the, uh, not so ideal version of yourself and other people will, will pick up on that. And it starts your mental state and getting right with yourself. It really starts with understanding what are the fundamental differences between the role of a seller versus the role of a manager. And I'll see what you guys uh, you know, have to say on this point, but the way I start to define the biggest differences between those two are um, for a manager, you have to be so present and you have to do and, and being present that allows you to do a lot of observing. Yeah. And, and then obviously that kind of dovetails into the, the coaching that, that needs to be delivered. But for me and in, in my worldview, it's all about being present and it's all about observing. I would completely agree. And, and when I think of presence, when you talk about it in this state, it, it truly is like being in the moment with your direct reports um, and with your direct reports in front of those customers. If it's a, a joint meeting of some sort too many times today, right? I can see a manager in a one-on-one through glass, looking in their in their office, they're like looking at their phone and the, the employees talking to them, telling them what they're struggling with, what they need help with. The manager has no idea the opportunity that he has to really be one of those great managers, but they have to respond to that deal email because the VP is asking for that deal uh, update, right? And to me, that's what I tell everybody when I talk about this part is it is being present. It's not getting caught up in the noise that is the busyness of everything we do. And it's really being focused on growing and teaching your people. And we talked about a lot of bad examples, but isn't, 
it true that all the great managers that the three of us have ever known and worked for or appreciated had this going for them? Like none of the great ones didn't have this. So if, if you're listening to this or you take Phil's course, understand all the great managers you like and want to emulate did this. Don't short side that. They weren't just super reps. They weren't just good in front of the customer. They might have had a bunch of those attributes too, but they had a mental state that was about leadership and management of for you and your career, and they were always present. Yeah, agreed. And you know, another thing that I talk about in the in the master's course is, and it's in the third module, it's how you should spend your time and and more specifically how you can use your calendar as a, a tool, a very effective tool within the first 30 days. And you guys, we had talked about um, on a on a previous podcast that I was on that your calendaring is essentially a window into your priorities. And there are so many different uh, deadlines. As a sales manager, there's so many different deadlines, um, so many different um, meetings that you need to either facilitate or attend that if you don't have the right process around your calendar, things are going to spiral out of control pretty, pretty quickly. And one of my pet peeves um, over the years when, and when talking to people that were either going through the interview process for a manager role or they had already gotten a promotion, they would say something like, well, you know, I'm, I'm actually not a structured person, <laughs> um, but I, I do have my own process. And I, you know, and that creates some semblance of quote unquote organization for me and in, in my world. And it sort of works for me, but you know, essentially they were just trying to wash their hands of having to use a calendar and, and do something that was a little out of their comfort zone. If, if y'all disagree with me, it's, it's fine. But just my worldview is that once somebody's promoted into that manager level or above, saying, you know, oh, I'm just not a structured person. I'm just not going to use my calendar. That is simply not okay in my book. Yeah, like like you said, uh, as you mentioned, Phil, on a previous episode, it, it your calendar 100% is a view as to what you prioritize in the business, and you're gonna have you're gonna have downstream requests from your leadership team on you about things they want you to influence and impact on the business. You're gonna have problems and issues coming upstream from your team. That's gonna meet in the middle, and you're gonna have to decide what are my founding principles to the way I'm going to run this team, this organization, this sales group, and then how you align and structure your core, your, your day, your week, your month will determine which objectives that you ultimately achieve. And if you pick the wrong things, you will end up being a bin where you are pushed out of the role in nine months. Well, I'll add to the fact that if you're what Phil or Brian just alluded to, you will never be a quality sales manager. You, you, I don't even know if that you can even adapt and fake it. Um, what happens and what I've seen happen to all those managers is they immediately, the first thing they start doing is they start postponing or letting the one-on-ones fall off their calendar. Like yeah. the core part of their job, they start letting that go off their calendar because they see it as just a deal update and a waste of time and they already know where the deals are at. And any manager that says that or feels like that's their role, it's super rep coming out of them. Mm-hmm. And they that, that's not their job. Their job, that one-on-one is their responsibility to give that time to you, the rep. And if you become that sales manager and you're not doing that, you're structured or not, you have to have that level of re-time with your reps or you will not be successful as a manager. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, 
And then I, uh, the final point I wanted to make on this is that, you know, those, uh, you know, the, the ongoing one-on-ones and even team meetings are, are very, very important. And I think to ensure that those are productive, it actually starts with it, within the first 30 days of being a sales manager, the way that you conduct yourself and the way that you document things um, during introductory conversations or even reintroduction conversations with the people on your team and then some other um, some other cross-functional teams at your company, that is so important because that gives you a way to uh, map out how you want to use your time in upcoming one-on-ones or, or team meetings. So, you know, that, that first 30 days is, uh, as a sales manager, it's a lot of introducing yourself to people one-on-one or in a team or in a team setting. It's, it's a lot of being present. It's a lot of talking and, it, and it's a lot of listening. Um, but if, if you have the right blueprint for those first 30 days, man, you can get a ton of momentum with your new team. So that's why I love talking about this with you guys today. And I just think that the topic is very important. Yeah. And if you're, if you're six months into the job and your first sales leadership job or your fifth sales leadership jobs, and you're feeling overwhelmed, you feel like your, your priorities have spun a bit out of control. Um, first of all, that's normal. That happens. It's a challenging role. Uh, but I'd say that you're, it's not too late to take a step back and refocus with your team. I think your team would appreciate it. The leadership team would appreciate it. So uh, you su- you should certainly check out the course if you're if you're six months in or six years in, and then finally, I, I what what we talk to most are folks that are looking to get into leadership, and they're again, it's like there's not a clear cut path to this. It's not as if you can go to your local university and take a a management 101 job, um, and it's it is such a fundamentally different role to get into sales leadership versus traditional leadership. So. Um, this is a good course if you're just starting to explore what it means to be a first-time manager. Uh, what types of things should I get prepared for? If you can start planning for those today, not only will it help you be successful as a manager in the future, it will also show whoever you're interviewing with that you're being very intentional about what your objectives are from a career perspective. Yeah, we'll look bad on the resume that you've been through some official training and been certified in that course uh, and have a person like Phil in your network that is going to continue to help coach and mentor you. You you lower your risk as a whole, um, being one of the options for that job, and you're going to learn a lot too. So hopefully you don't make all the mistakes that these the three of us have made in our careers, um, and we're able to uh, prevent you from doing some of that before you before it happens. Phil, I got to say thanks for joining us again for the third time. Uh, I think your course is amazing. I think people are crazy not to take it. Um, we are here to make average reps or reps that are afraid to be average to be better. Um, so don't forget, average sucks. Average is the enemy. And thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.